0: Summertime is heating up at Global Voice Broadcasting. Hot music, hot talk, and hot topics. All day, every day, 24-7. You don't want to miss a minute on Global Voice Broadcasting.
1: My name is August McLaughlin, and I've been contemplating Girl Boners for years.
0: It's time for Girl Boner Radio with August McLaughlin.
1: Americans are becoming less religious and more spiritual, according to recent research conducted by the Pew Research Center. And while fewer folks, especially younger folks, are attending religious centers like church less often, 97% of our culture believes in God. Interesting, right? As I hope you all know, we welcome all spiritual and religious beliefs around here in Girl Land. Today, we're going to discuss some really fascinating ones with one of my favorite friends and guests. And talk about how all this might interplay with your life and enhance your love life. Welcome back to Girl Boner Radio, everyone. I'm your host, August McLaughlin, and I'm jazzed to be here with my good friend, Marla Martinson, who is a matchmaker with 15 years of experience here in Los Angeles. She's also the author of a series of fabulous memoirs about her adventures in matchmaking. Kirkus Reviews called her most recent release, The Buddha Made Me Do It, A Field Guide to Enlightenment. A warmly funny, wide-ranging, and off-kilter spiritual odyssey. I couldn't have said it better. It's a fabulous book. It's so funny, so insightful. Congrats and thanks for joining me, Marla. Thanks, August. Hi, everybody. So fun to have you back. We've talked about dating before, but this is a a new topic uh, for us to explore together. But it's one that's been part of your journey for some time. Exactly.
0: I for made the foray into. Uh, an accelerated spiritual practice kind of to offset the shallowness of my
1: day-to-day work as a Beverly Hills matchmaker. (laughs) And you talk about that in the book. I thought it was really interesting. At the beginning, you say, you know, that you have been on this path, this very spiritual journey for as long as you can remember. You've really lived by this law of attraction and believing in more than the physical self. And yet you talk about some of the billionaire matchmakers you work with, who some of them are somewhat shallow, I guess. And
0: Yeah, I have high high-end clients. So the male, the men are my paying clients and they're wonderful guys. Don't get me wrong. And I'm so blessed to have my job, but some of them are very demanding and the shallowness of it, you know, hey, humans are visual, especially men. So they'll get into eye color, uh, size of what breast size they want, a hair color, all sorts of things that makes my job uh, very challenging at times. And some of the girls want a rich guy. And so,
1: you know, it, it's that's L.A., I guess. <laughs> that's part of it. I think it's regional. You know, there's this there's this pressure to be successful by looking a certain way. We're kind of taught that, you know, quote, beauty looks a particular way. It's young. It's curvy in a certain kind of way. It's a certain right. color. And and there's really specific odd things that some of these men request.
0: Yes, I remember just a a funny little uh, side note here in my first book, Diary of a Beverly Hills Matchmaker, I tell about the story about a guy who was dating a girl I matched him up with. They were such a cute couple. I thought they maybe would get married. And then he calls me up and says, hey, I I can't continue seeing her anymore. Uh, And he was real hesitant to tell me why. And I said, well, what is it? Tell me. And he says, her areolas are too big. And so <laughs> he says, I can't handle it when she takes off her shirt. It's just a turn off. And the poor thing. Now, I didn't give any feedback. I didn't say anything. But she figured something out. And she was quite small chested. She was a tiny thing, like 105 pounds, real cute. She went and got breast implants. She says, Marla, don't match me up for a while because I'm going to get, have surgery. And I tried to talk her out of it. And again, that's the thing where people think they have to look a certain way. Um, she did get the breast implants. But then I matched her with another great guy. And they're married. And they have kids and she's super happy and I'm really happy for her. But I don't want anybody to think that they have to go under the knife to get a man or to find someone.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's really heartbreaking. And I'm glad that, you know, it did have a happy ending. It had a happy ending. Happy yeah. ending, happy yeah. beginning. Yeah. Uh, and you m- work mostly with straight couples, right? With I do. I don't have, I've been asked many
0: times, do you have a gay division or will you work with someone gay? I just don't have time. I'd, it, it would to, to try to build that up and get mm-hmm. the people. But there's a great um, matchma- gay matchmaker in West Hollywood that I know and I just send people to You can to refer him. people. I refer, yeah, yeah.
1: That's awesome. Do, I know That women are actually, uh, you know, very visual too. We don't get as much attention for that. But look at Pinterest, right? Like we're we're very visual. Oh yeah, Um, we're
0: visual for other things.
1: (laughs) And well, we're visual in general. But I think it's interesting because I think our culture also kind of tells us we're not supposed to like lust or you know all those sorts of things. Do your do your women that you work with do they have aesthetic goals too or oh
0: yeah the tall I want uh, tall you know I like dark tall dark and handsome that still holds you know it's interesting mm -hmm. that Prince Charming from Cinderella Um, their excuse for wanting tall and I understand this is built in our DNA to be protected probably from the caveman times when we needed to have protection from our our mate uh, from saber-toothed tigers or whatever Uh, but now it's not they need protection it's but I'm always wearing my heels I'm always in th- at least three-inch heels, so the guy has to be super tall. And the average American male is 5'9", and there's so many wonderful men out there who are 5'7", five 5'8", five even 5'6". I'm i 5'6", and I had a boyfriend once who was 5'6", didn't bother me a bit. He was absolutely adorable, looked like Richard Gere. <laughs> mm-hmm. My husband now is 5'9". My preference is a little shorter, you know, everybody. And so I have to respect girls if they do like the taller, but, but there's not as many of them. And we need to save those super tall guys. Guys for the tall girls because the little ones the five foot one two and three they'll say I want to date six feet and up I'm like but what about my girl who's five
1: ten, five five nine? five nine she needs those guys and then what if your soulmate is, is exactly. not the height you want you know or because I, yes. I know you talk about soulmates you believe in soulmates you believe you've met your soulmate and and sometimes we have these I think we've talked about this a little bit before but the checklist where it's like you're picturing what you want on paper like they look this way they make this much money they have this kind of job when in fact you know a soul match a, a kindred spirit someone could look in all kinds of different ways. Yeah, they could come in a
0: different package. Don't limit yourself. I can understand if, let's say you're Jewish and you want a Jewish man, you're going to raise your kids Jewish. That's a a non-negotiable. Okay, I understand if you are an avid football fan. It's Monday night football. That's all you care about. You want a girl who will tailgate with you or make you the sandwiches or something. Uh, If you don't want a smoker, maybe you're an AA and you don't want to be around someone who drinks. Okay, these are lifestyle things that I understand. But when you get too nitty-gritty and say they have to have light eyes or they can't have short hair or they have all, you know, all areolas are beautiful all areolas <laughs> be open on the areola size <laughs> I've never but even you don't want to you don't want to cut some, someone yeah. out be a little more open when my husband met me I was skinny as a pencil my father had just died I was like skin and bones I had t- short hair which he doesn't care if he's latin he prefers longer hair on a woman you know I'm like why did you even why were you attracted to me I I you know not what you would have been looking for and he says I saw your beautiful smile, your beautiful face, your beautiful soul, your personality, and hey, now I've gained some weight and my hair's longer.
1: <laughs> so you know we can yeah. do things to to change. To- I love it. I love it. So, what inspired you to? shift gears in your writing from writing about matchmaking to the Buddha made me do it
0: yeah my first two memoir were about my matchmaking but there was a lot of other stories in there too but basically it was it was uh, on the topic of matchmaking and I didn't really have much more to say on it I was kind of I've been doing it a long time i'm I'm not I'm tired of giving dating tips I'm tired of talking about the matchmaking so much and I thought I don't think my readers want to keep reading about it either because I've got packed in everything in four different books two books before that that were dating advice so i i didn't even expect to write another book but i knew writings in my soul and i wanted to and my friend julie and i ended up uh going on this spiritual path together by taking starting taking classes at a place called the imagine center in tarzana and we were like hooked i mean we took classes on abundance, on connecting with our guides. Julie went ahead and took candle magic, we took how to use a pendulum, we I saw channelers, we went to psychic fairs, we went all out. This was like our hobby. And Julie who is a ghostwriter for celebrities, fantastic writer. She said, "Hey Marla, We should write a book about our experience. We could do it uh, together from two perspectives. And so first we were supposed to write it together. And I said, that is a fantastic idea. I started it on it right away with the first chapter. And then Julie didn't get right on it. And I'm like, where's your first chapter? It's coming. It's coming. So anyways, I start on my second chapter. Where's your, where's your first chapter? It's coming. <laughs> so four months go by and she says, Marla, I just can't do it. I'm too busy. I can't do it. And I said, well, I've already got four chapters going. Let me continue. And I wrote it on my own, but she gave me permission to put her in it. And, uh, there's some real juicy stuff and, and crazy funny stuff that we did. And it's a field guide. I say a field guide to enlightenment with L-I-T-E because it's light. You know, it's really fun. And you can kind of, kind of follow along and maybe try some of the things that Julie and I tried. Uh, it, it's. I had so much fun writing this book. And my mom just cracked up the other day because I said, Mom, I, I love the book so much. I've read it five times myself. And she was like, oh, gosh. You know, so, um, you know, she thought that was kind of
1: funny. I love it. <laughs> She's like, geez, Marla. <laughs> but you're probably reliving these wonderful experiences. I am, because it was so, so much funny. fun. Yeah. yeah, I crack myself up every time I read <laughs> when I That's so what I remember what we did. It's like a walk down memory lane laid. And, <laughs> yeah. and I think most of us have thought about many of these different spiritual practices and ideas and have thought this would be fun to try. So we actually get to try it with you. Yes. And there are practices in the book that I'm familiar with and some that I had never heard of before. And I know you have a little excerpt to read about one of them. Tell us about this scene.
0: Yeah. One of them, I won't read the whole chapter, but the first part of it starts off. I go to this Chinese doctor and he has something called percussion therapy where he Beats you with bamboo and it's, he doesn't beat you hard, but it hurts like hell. I've never had so much pain just that it releases. It's sort of like acupressure uh, where you're pushing down and then it releases um, issues or past uh, pain, trauma. trauma, yes. So he doesn't have to, have to actually hit you that hard, but it burns like you wouldn't believe. So here I am in my underwear, uh, you know, laying on his, his, just in my panties only, laying there, getting beaten with bamboo. And then he asks me if I want to try something else as well. <laughs> and it really um, is you know, something and, else. And, and yeah, so let me just start here. I'm putting on my glasses. All right. So Dr. Mo instructed me to turn onto my stomach so that he could apply a few suction cups on my back. Well, heck, Gwyneth Paltrow had done it. I guess I could too. He left the room while I took off my shirt and bra. I lay on my stomach in just my panties. Dr. Mo began to attach the cups. I didn't realize that they were basically screwed on. It was a tad uncomfortable, but after what I went through with the beating... I didn't complain. Once the cups were all screwed on, about half a dozen of them, Dr. Mo said, Well, are we going to go all the way? Jeez, didn't he realize I was a married woman? I looked into his eyes to see if something sadistic or perverted hid in his expression. No, not that I could tell. Then I noticed the little demonic black wormy things swimming in their jar. Oh, you mean the leeches? Yes, give it a try. Leech therapy is very effective. The leeches secrete an anticoagulant substance from their saliva. This action allows for toxic blood to pass freely in order for the free flow of key to occur. I hesitated for a minute, wondering if I could handle having one of those creatures sucking my blood. At least I wouldn't be able to see anything since I was lying on my stomach. Hey, and if Debbie, Demi Moore could do it, which she did, so could I. They don't call L.A. la-la-land for nothing, and we are proud denizens. Go for it, Mo. The blood-sucking had better be included in the original fee, I mentally groused. Dr. Moe gave me an enthusiastic, Okay, then, and fished a leech out of the glass jar. I felt the wetness of the creature as Dr. Moe gave it a slow tour of my shoulder blade area. Hmm, the little guy doesn't seem to want to attach here. There is no bad blood to suck. He moved the critter down to my upper hip, and the thing sank its teeth in. Okay, he found some. How does the leech know which blood is bad, I asked. The leeches have an agreement with us, with nature. Isn't it marvelous? A vision flashed across my mind of Adolfo, my husband, having me taken away in a straitjacket. They'll have you back in no time, Marlita, you'll see. Just a few shock treatments should do the trick. As I lay pretty much nude on the table with the cup screwed to my back and a leech sucking the blood from my ass, Dr. Mo picked up his bamboo sticks and gave me a little extra treatment on the back of my lower legs. Surprisingly, it didn't hurt, which meant there was no trauma trapped in that area. This must be what S&M is like, I mused. Dr. Mo laughed. You're probably right.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. I couldn't help but both laugh, it was, it's intriguing, but I also had to cringe a little because, you know, and I think of leeches, I think of growing up, going to the cabin and these slimy, slithery things. But what did that feel like? Was it helpful? Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's interesting because I was supposed to go back. It could take four or five times, Dr. Mo said, of these treatments. I went back one more time, but I, my husband, I had bruises all up and down. I mean, bad bruises, and then the suction cups left scar, you know, these these circular, circular things on my back and then i had a little blood where the leech was and my hu- husband saw me he flipped out i mean he's like are you crazy you're out of your mind this guy's how laughing. much did you pay for this well it was think? like 105 per treatment yeah. and then i bought um some some herbs and stuff and he says that doctor's laughing is all the way you know, laughing all the way to the bank. And, and I said, no, but I've got to go back. You don't understand. If if I don't go back, it's not going to be completed and it won't have the full effect. And he's like, you're not going back. I said, I am going back. So I went back one more time. And then I just, could, you know, I couldn't risk my marriage. For <laughs> He says, what if you, you have such beautiful white skin. What if you're scarred for life? And I said, well, you think people would keep going back to him if they got scarred? And and I think it's, it's a... Um, I think it's something good. It was I'm glad I did it. I think it probably is a great treatment. I mean even if I sound crazy saying it, I and I highly respect Dr. Mo. He he knows a lot of Chinese medicine, um herbs and a lot of things. I'm going to have him on my my YouTube show soon to talk about it, but um it just sounds I think a lot of people would sound crazy. I did call Julie on my way home and said, hey, Julie, you should try it. And she's like, um, Marla, I'm glad that it did something for you. But I will never let someone <laughs> beat me with bamboo.
1: That's really funny. So you've tried so many different techniques and you still use many of them. Is there one that stands out that was particularly helpful as far as your romantic life and your relationship with Adolfo?
0: Yeah, you know, it's. Uh, I didn't just do all of the woo-woo basic spiritual stuff, such as law of attraction stuff, I delved, delved into the occult, the paranormal, I kind of dipped my toe a little further in there. And um, I did have a session with a great guy called Jimmy Mack. Uh, his website is Jimmy and he is a fabulous guy. I've had him on my show a few times and he does something. He had a near death experience and he went to the other side and he was now he's connected with these guides who taught him a healing modality and they kind of heal through him and they change the energy of a person so he can give you a session. He's in Florida so you can do it on phone or on Skype or whatever or in person and we had a phone session and he i hold my pendulum and he changes the direction like let's say let's just say somebody says i i hate my job and then the pendulum will say you know yes and then he'll change it to no like he'll change the energy around it and uh adolfo and i had quite a few um Head butts there. <laughs> uh, with all of these things I was trying, I spent thousands of dollars on crystals, on certifications, on you know, psychics, on channelers, on all of these things. And he was like, What in the hell are you doing? So we had a lot of arguments. And uh, for a while there, I thought, I don't know if I can be with someone who's like trying to squash my interests and my joy. And so I told Jimmy Mack about it, and he switched the energy around. And the next day, Adolfo walked up to me and said, I want to start fresh. You know, I don't want to argue anymore. And and the timing of it, it can't be denied because we had had some, you know, issues for a while there. Um, and uh, it was amazing. I mean, and still, this is almost a year later, and we're just getting along fantastic. He uh, he loves some of the things I do, the Reiki. He does not want the talking board in you know, to be seen. He goes, and put Talking that Board away. Is, is the, the, the actual talk- name, the true name for a Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we just, a uh, brand name like Kleenex or, you know, it's, it was branded Marlboro. Is that name? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's certain things he doesn't want to hear about. Oh, angels don't even bring that up because they're not real. So he has his beliefs and, and I have mine. So I'm like, okay, but just don't put me down for it. And we get along great now. And he loves me to give him healing treatments.
1: I love it. So you consider him your soulmate?
0: Well, I think he's one of my soulmates. I don't think we all have one soulmate because this bit world is so big and I do believe we travel in soul groups. And so I think also your soulmate, like I mentioned, Adolfo and I had some st- – tension there, your soulmate is not always going to be like this dream, like Cinderella, like, oh, we do everything the same. It just clicks. We clicks. We every day is a dream and we cut our vegetables the same way and we like the same (laughs) food and we like the same everything. No, your soulmate is going to show you some things that you need to grow and it might be uncomfortable sometimes. And for sure, Adolfo's taught me a lot of lessons where, you know, managing money and uh, just being self-reliant and he's taught me so many uh great lessons that I originally like resisted and said quit trying to control me but he's just trying to show me things and and the same with him so a uh, patience is another one of them and uh we've been together 15 years and i think there's just been so much growth and so much uh wonderful things there you know and yeah and uh you know i was married twice before those were not my soulmates. Those were marriages based on hormones and the cuteness of the guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Two practice ones. Um, so, and then many dating and relationships. You know, hey, I'm a Gemini living in LA. So, you know, I, I was out there. I was I was out there dating and and having a lot of fun and and uh, finally found the right partner. But but yeah, I think that's a real misconception that oh, my soulmate's going to be you know everything's going to be perfect. It's not going to be perfect.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it could be really uncomfortable, which is good if you embrace that and take that as an opportunity to grow and to work on yourself and to learn. If somebody is listening who really wants to meet a soulmate or a great partner and they want to go a spiritual route, what would be a really good first step in your opinion? Well, I see a lot of people coming
0: to me Especially so the men are the paying clients. So they'll come and they'll say, hey, OK, I'm going to give you, you know, how much money and then find me a beautiful blonde between 28 and 33, 5'6 and up, C-cup chest. Beautiful areolas, Or what, beautiful areolas." And then they don't want to do any work on themselves. It's like I'm a genie or Frankenstein working in a laboratory. So I think the most important thing is to look at ourselves. We all have some work to do. We all have some baggage from our past. No, who had a perfect childhood or who had a perfect anything. So we've got to look at maybe our patterns. Um, the people that say, oh, all I do is attract bad boys or all I do is attract assholes. The common denominator is us. I used to be one of those drama queens who would attract the bad boys, I was always crying my heart out, and I thought, wait a minute, what's going on with me, what do I need to clear out? So do the work on yourself, and that's where the spiritual journey can be so much fun. There's a lot of great things you can you can do. So work on yourself first, and then you're going to attract that right soulmate. Otherwise you're going to keep with your same patterns and keep attracting the same type of
1: person. Mm, interesting. I love that, and self-care and working on ourselves that's really the most important work we can do. We never know where it will lead. Uh, I'm going to bring in a question here from a listener for Dr. Megan, which kind of ties into what I want to ask you next about kind of You know, finding happiness when you are very different as a couple like you and Adolfo Uh, but this listener named B asked this question about initiating sex she said my husband and I have great sex when we have it but neither one of us is inclined to initiate when I try he doesn't seem to get what I'm doing I'm probably too subtle but being more obvious is intimidating and I really really wish he would get things going more often any suggestions? B such a good question and maybe this is one of those cases where you're in this. Challenge together, you know, maybe working through. Maybe you met because you're supposed to both be working on this or working on yourself in some of these ways. Here's what Dr. Megan had to say for you.
2: A hey, uh, great question, and you know, a lot of couples um, sort of find th- themselves in this place where, you know, again, I think so often in our culture we think that sex is supposed to be spontaneous, but. Um, you know, for many logistical reality factors, uh, it, it doesn't, ha- especially if you're in a long-term relationship, it doesn't often look that way. So what I'm hearing you say is that, fabulous, when you both are having sex, you both really enjoy it, but somehow either or both of you are finding it difficult to initiate. So first of all, outside of the bedroom, and I think I cannot stress this enough, these kind of conversations are incredibly important. important, but definitely have them outside of the bedroom because it's kind of like saying I get really turned on when you turn me on when I really love it. When I appreciate when you do X, Y, or Z, because I think part of this is, uh, and this is in my experience, totally not uncommon. It's like, you're trying to initiate, but in your words, it feels so subtle. And I've heard in my office so many times, he's like, what? <laughs> like those signs don't even hit the radar. They're just not even registered. And yet I'm also hearing you say, but if you're in a sense more obvious, uh, it can feel you know, intimidating. Um, and I'm not sure if the word fits here, perhaps emasculating because I think in our culture, unfortunately, men often feel uh, sort of this role as if they're supposed to you know, take the lead. And so I think it's a huge opportunity outside of the bedroom to say, you know what? I really love it when... and." And, you know, when you approach me in this way, you know, and really starting the conversation about what are the ways that you approach each other and and really defining what is not so subtle. So it could be a word or a phrase like sexy, or it could be um, a particular, you know, when I come behind you and I grab your waist or I grab your butt, like what is that is now, Oh. That's not so subtle. And I've been, in a sense, uh, operant conditioning, classical conditioning. It's sort of a uh, response that's like, oh, this equals, huh my partner's interested? And how do I get myself into that sexy space? And I think this part is important because, you know, our culture, again, often feels that sex is supposed to be spontaneous, but more often than not, especially as we have busy lives, it's responsive. And so it's when either you or your partner, in a sense, makes a green light move where you're both like, huh, it's. it doesn't equal in that moment, I'm ready and roaring to go. It equals oh, let's see where this goes, that open and receptive, and really enjoying and playing in that space. Because what I'm hearing you say is like, once you get started, and this is what typically happens in the body, even though there may not initially be spontaneous desire, once the touch, the caress, the body's like, oh, that feels good. That feels nice. Then the desire comes online. And so I really wouldn't, encourage you both to sort of play in that space. A, opening up the conversation. I really love it when you turn me on when. And a signal for me that, you know, you're in the mood is, and you know, see how that goes, but recognizing it's a process and, you know, the more that you're open to that and experiment and just say, hey, what I loved about that is, or uh, pivot, right? (laughs) In your mind's eye, it looked amazing, but it didn't necessarily feel that way in reality. Then it's like, it's not a catastrophize. It's more like, huh, what did I learn from that? And how do we even make it better next time? you know the possibilities are limitless and i hope you both enjoy you know that exploration
1: thank you so much dr megan wonderful advice as always everyone can check out her fabulous website greatlifegreatsex.com to learn more b i hope that was helpful for you i loved what she said about being you know playful and having these conversations outside of the bedroom and really keeping a positive View of it all, and, and pointing out what you really love, I think that can be like amazing foreplay. It's a really great way to just stay connected, and you gradually get more comfortable. You know, I know Dr. Megan in the past has also said you can take turns initiating. There's all kinds of things you can do, but really just starting from a place of curiosity and play can be so powerful. So, Marla, a, a couple questions. First of all, because you and Adolfo are so different, I know you said that you can um, work. Together now, and you really respect each other's differences. When you meet someone and you're really attracted to them, but they're so different, like, how do you know if that is, you know, you're complimenting each other or if it's like, wait, we're too different?
0: Well, it's interesting because we have a lot in common too. Like, we love the same TV shows, we love the same places to go travel, we love art, we love the same decor for our house, we love this, you know, there's a lot of similarities as well. Um, But There are some major like I'm a vegan and there's no way he's ever even going to do a meatless Monday, like not even one day, you know, and he thinks I'm an extremist for that. And so there's some bait. There's some core things that are ethical for me and that I will never change that he is completely different on. So. You don't, I don't, I really don't believe that you have to have every single thing in common. As long as he respects me for my food choices and I don't nag him on his, you know, sometimes I will maybe say something, but, but I have to let him be who he is. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. When you, a lot of women will meet a guy and they'll think, well, he's great, but there's a few things I'll just change. I'll just change him. No. Either you like them for who they are. And you let them be who they are. They might make some shifts when you're together. Maybe they'll dress better or go to the gym or something, some small tweaks. But you've got to let people be who they are, who wants to be changed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what it is, just allowing those differences and celebrating the things you do love to do together. I like my alone time, you know, going to my yoga class or spending time in my studio or when he's at work or going to do things with Julie. So we don't need to be together every single second either. Um, So I think it's a nice balance.
1: I like that. That's really valuable advice for any of us and for all of our relationships, friendships, family, you know, partners for sure. So whether it's initiating sex someone's struggling with or wanting to have more pleasurable sex, how can spirituality, in your view, enhance our sexual selves and our sexual relationships? I think it's all going back again to self-care. So
0: once we go delve into some things, maybe it could be yoga. It could be breath work. It could be. Um, Even working with someone like Jimmy, shifting your energy around, maybe some things. Energy work, like I do, I do Reiki, crystal healing, so I'll clear out some old stagnant energy, infuse new energy. I work with women also in self-love uh, and get a lot of affirmations and self-worth. Mm. So I worked with a woman who came to me. She was in her late 50s and never been married and really wanted to work with the heart chakra and loving herself. And she came four sessions and we worked with self-worth and clearing out a lot of stagnant energy. And uh, after four sessions, she's in a great relationship and she's traveling the world with her guy. And that was great. So I think when you feel good about yourself, work on yourself, you're going to feel confident uh and sexy you know the sexiest thing you'll feel confident to enjoy sex and your body because we like you said earlier we are always told it's just jammed into our brains you know with billboards and and advertising how we're supposedly supposed to look Mm -hmm. and it's just everybody's unique embrace your unique uniqueness if you want to get healthier hey that's wonderful Uh, because we can't do anything without health But we've got to love ourselves the way right here and right now. And then if we want to make some changes, go do that.
1: Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Thank you. So you brought a talking board and I was sharing with you earlier. I was a little nervous. First of all, I was so excited that I I texted you the other day. You know, what would you think about bringing in the talking board? And you immediately were like, yes, we can talk to angels. And it was such a positive response and really highlighted how much, negative uh, belief about some of this stuff I was exposed to growing up. You know, I heard people talking about they called them Ouija boards but talking boards being used to channel the devil and we would use them at a slumber party to try to like connect with the dead and it was like it was sort of like a Halloweeny type thing and I know that there's this deep history so tell us just a little bit about what a talking board actually is. Yeah,
0: you know it was uh, the spiritualists in the 1800s uh, used them a lot because there was a lot of death back then a lot of people dying from different diseases and tuberculosis and people would lose a lot of loved ones and they wanted to connect and they'd use a talking board which has been around for, for ages and ages they call them spirit boards angel boards, talking boards, community Boards. It was in, I think, around 1890 that it was uh, William Fold. And then some other people uh, patented it and gave it the name Ouija. And it said that Ouija named itself, actually. (laughs) So it was told what the name would be. And then later, you know, I think uh, Mattel or Hasbro has it now. There's been some toy companies that have it. And I am not real keen on kids playing with it uh, like that. It's not a game, it is a sacred tool. And I, on my YouTube channel, you can find me just Marla Martinson YouTube, Karen Dahlman, who is a Ouija board expert. Uh, she's been doing it over 40 years. She and I have a little video series called The Women of Ouija, which is really fun. And we wear our witches hats and we talk about the Ouija and the misconceptions. And it's a wonderful sacred tool to connect uh, with spirits, with angels, with people from the other side. But it is a, a tool... It's not to be taken lightly. You don't want to call in uh, the devil or call in a a low-energy spirit, and you want to protect yourself. There's some things you want to know what to do to prepare for communication. Um, There's some etiquette, and uh, maybe cleaning the space, clearing, clearing the board. I call in my archangel. Archangel, the Archangel Michael, uh, to stand in protection. Um, I have my little ritual, so so I do. I'm noticed, not afraid of it. But but okay. you do want to want to you know use your protocol.
1: I noticed that when we were setting up in here, you are already using it. You sit at the at the board with your hands on this um, little Plinchette. the planchet on top of it, and you are already communicating. And you said you were talking to an angel. Tell us tell us how that works. Who are these angels you're talking to?
0: Yeah, and this is all in my book, the whole story of how I connected. Um, Julie brought over a talking board one night to my house. We'd never used one before and we're like, oh my gosh, let's try it. Never expected the thing to move and it did and uh, we, on the I think the second time we tried it um, I we said, "Who who is this? Who are you? And it spelled angel and I was like, what? You're my angel? I had shivers. I was like, oh my god, I'm talking to an angel? You're a guardian angel. And then she gave me her name, which she had said Murther, and now it's short, shortened to mirth. <laughs> Murth, M-U-R-T-H. And uh, it took me about eight months to be able to use it alone because it's um, energy, and I wasn't open enough. And a lot of people will try these things alone and it won't work. It's it's very hard. So um, once I started getting attuned to Reiki and different energetic attunements and working on myself spiritually, then it started to work. It took me a long time and I, mm-hmm. I was getting impatient. But now I can do it and I channel... Actually, it's you know it's a form of channeling and I can actually get off the board now and do automatic writing on my keyboard and kind of channel it. Um, but I have a great time. And, and there's some messages from Earth in the book. And... Uh, It's just it's a great, you know, again, like Adolfo just thinks I'm making all this up. It's not real, he says, but it is real. It's real for me. I'm not making it up. I'm here. I am a businesswoman. I'm not going to sit here wasting my time yeah. pretending to move a planchette. It's it's really moving and giving me. Messages. I saw
1: it. So, yeah, it yeah. moves all over the place. So I know that you asked permission for Mirth to. Mm-hmm. She said she'd be willing. Yeah, to Yeah, she with said us. I'm
0: I'm happy to give your listeners uh, a message today. That's awesome. what she said. Yes, yeah, wonderful.
1: So, so can you so can you mm-hmm. welcome her again and. Uh, Tell right. us, tell us what's coming through, all and right. maybe we'll ask a few questions.
0: Uh, Marla, I am happy to give a message today. Hello, all of you, beautiful souls out there. I am Angel Mirth and want you all to know that you are special and loved. God loves all of you and don't worry about your body type
1: (laughs) (laughs) she must have been listening
0: your body type you are beautiful
1: That's lovely. She has a sense of humor too. She uh, does. She's earlier, I asked if angels have sex. Uh, Mirth, can can you remind us what uh, is there? What happens to our sexual energy? No, as we...
0: August.
1: <laughs> Still no. We
0: don't have sex. We are we are pure light. She says we pure are pure light. light. Yeah, angels are pure light.
1: So there could be pure light floating around us, (laughs) high vibrational. Yes, I love it. I love it. What does that feel like when you're? Um, It's it's it
0: goes really fast, and I can now hear what's coming up. So I almost am like, this isn't fast enough, and I can say what's coming up. Mm. So um, it's just it's just a, a great tool. To help me see yeah. the letters, what's coming up too. Do
1: you believe we all have angels?
0: We all have angels, absolutely. Yes, we all have guardian angel. We all have usually two, at least two. I've been told I have eleven, and and it was kind of unusual. And it's interesting because my birthday's June eleventh. Ah. Um, but we all have angels, and they're. Does all, Mirth know my
1: angels? Uh, let's
0: see. August, your angel is with you always and her name is Betty. Aww. She loves you so much and watches over you. And we have to remember uh, Angel's since we have free will, we need to ask for their help. They're not just going to intervene, unless we're maybe in a car crash or something life-threatening. But otherwise, if you want help, like, I need help with inspiration for writing my book, or I need help getting over this grief, or I need help, please help me. And they want to help, but they you have to ask.
1: And you actually you verbalize it? Is yeah, it? Yeah, kind you can of think like a, of it, or they can hear your thoughts. You can think of it, or talk to them, or write a note to Hi, them. Betty. <laughs> Betty! Aww. I love it. I that that was really sweet. My yeah. mom has always told me that she knows there's an angel with me. Yeah, everybody, yeah. even our pets. Yeah, I. I do you feel that our angels, angels always, or were they once, you know, like do do? Angels are ancient. Okay, ancient, yeah. so it's not like a loved one passes on; they become an angel. No,
0: they are not. Um, angels were never human. In human form. No wonder yeah. they don't have
1: yeah. sex. <laughs> right. They don't care. But like a loved one that passed
0: on can be a guide. Like my father's one of my guides now. Aww. And um, he's always around. But uh, no, the angels were not in human form. And they're there for their God's messengers. And they're here to. And my, Martha always says, I'm, I'm transmitting from the seventh dimension. And that's the angelic dimension, the seventh dimension. Interesting. Yeah. So I I was never, I mean, I was, and I was a skeptic. Hey, I used to, I'm I'm a fan of Doreen Virtue, you know, the angel lady and I, but I think, gosh, come on, she's really talking to all these angels. This is real. Sounds cool. But I really was kind of skeptical. I thought, gosh, is that, and then tell it happened to me. (laughs) I'm like, I, I'm convinced. And she gives the most beautiful, uh, Mirth gives the most beautiful messages. And for Christmas, I had her give my two cousin's my aunt uh messages and i I typed them up and gave it to them with a candle and an angel bell and they absolutely loved it and they were just wonderful uh messages uh for them for christmas so i couldn't and i couldn't make any of this stuff up you know i don't uh so I, I, it's real
1: for me. It tends to be the way with anything paranormal. For example, people believe when something's happened, you know, they
0: right. So it has kind of happens to you, just like a- astral travel. So I astral traveled, and I had astral traveled as a kid a little bit, but um, I studied it now too, and you'll read Explain about it. Explain a bit the astral travel like... when you're when you're like in bed, and then you leave your body, your soul goes out, and then uh, so I did. I have have an experience where I went. Uh, into the sky and flew over some buildings and and it was pretty cool and you feel this it's very interesting feeling uh i'll be lying in bed and i'll feel like a motor starts in my body like my hands and my it's a it's a loud rumbling kind of sound like literally like a motor and it's all it's kind of uncomfortable and then i know that that's what's happening sometimes i'll even feel my my spirit uh kind of just hovering above me Mm. my body um, so that's kind of cool, and and people might not believe that till it happens to you too. So there's these are that's what's the fun is. The fun is like, go try some things and kind of delve into it and see what happens, and and it just makes life sparkle. I have so much. It's just so much more magical. Yeah, for me, you know, to and know that there's other dimensions. I feel
1: and, like you've become more sparkly. You, <laughs> thank you. Has this journey changed your life profoundly? Would you say?
0: Yes, it really has. It it has. It's it's like here it's kind of my permission slip now to even talk about it, to write about it, to get into different Facebook groups of with paranormal nerds or angel groups or to the people that I've met. And then I interview for my show on YouTube a lot of different psychics and channelers and uh going to these events. The I think these are the just fun people who just get the most out of life they're like so open minded and just having having fun with it
1: and believing in something more something more and, and it's just
0: boring to think that we're just trudging along in this physical life on earth going to work maybe a job we don't like having to do our chores mm-hmm. go to the gym clean the house and that's it no there's all this other these other dimensions and things happening around us and people we can connect to and other entities and angels and gosh that makes the you know doing the dishes a lot more fun <laughs> your angels <laughs> hanging out with your angels head. hanging out hey birth yeah. help me do these dishes
1: <laughs> uh, and i know you believe in an afterlife tell us about that well sure I mean
0: I, I I've had I've had my soul and my spirit come out of the body in astral travel so I know that we're not just this body I, and then um, the channelers that I've spoken to have given me information about you know my past lives and my journey and that's kind of something fun to um, Find some channelers, and you can find some of them on YouTube. There's Bashar. Uh, on my channel, I have some um, interviews, like with Grace Kavanaugh. She channels Osira. Um, I talk about them in my book, and and uh, it, these people can't be making this stuff up. It's just it's too in, in, intricate and amazing. And I, I believe that we go on, and and uh, some people don't, but you know that's okay. I guess we'll see when we when we get there, right? We'll
1: see, or we won't. <laughs> we'll see, or we
0: won't. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you there. Maybe I
1: won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And living the fullest in the meantime, which yes, seems like meantime, is what a yeah. lot of this is about, and and connecting with people, and healing, and self love, and yeah. all these beautiful messages. So tell us more where we can learn all about your. Yeah,
0: the Buddha made me do it. It's um. You can find more on my website www.marlamartinson.com M-A-R-L-A M-A-R-T-E-N-S-O-N and also it's on Amazon um, along with my other memoirs. Uh. And I know you are going to offer a special. Oh yes, you guys. Okay, I'm so excited. So anybody who buy, purchases my book, go to Amazon and purchase it and then send me the the proof. You know, they email you the receipt or whatever. Email it to me. Uh, my email is my name, marlamartinson at mac. Dot com, and I think we can put a link or something. I don't know. Yeah. But uh, and and whoever sends me that, I will send you a personalized reading from Mirth.
1: That I'll, is so awesome. I'll type it up and
0: email it to you. Thank you, you Marla. Message. and
1: sir. That's yes. lovely. So, the Buddha made me do it, and you can just get it right from Amazon. I will share the link on my website, augustmclaughlin.com. And my, and my email website. is on my email, also, is on my website. So,
0: okay. Yeah. Perfect. All Wonderful. Good. I look Thanks forward for to giving here. you guys some messages.
1: Yeah. It'll be so much fun. Thanks for joining me again Thanks, today. Thanks, August for more from dr megan again remember greatlifegreatsex.com and if you're digging girl boner radio i hope you'll subscribe on itunes and leave us a simple review while you're there for a whole lot more girl boner fun visit augustmclaughlin.com or girlboner.org thank you so much for listening and have a beautiful girl boner embracing week